This is A Fresh Agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here is your host, Christina Mendonza. This is A Fresh Agenda, where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Welcome to this tiny spot in the podcast universe. Glad to have you here for a while. This podcast is about having some deeper and more positive conversations on topics of creativity and motivation to explore how people create or build their businesses or innovate in their industries. In this episode, we chat with someone I recently reconnected with after many years, Pallas Hupay Cotter. She is a thought leader, a mentor, a brand expert, a multimedia trainer, and a really invigorating speaker. We knew each other when we were both television news anchors at competing stations in Northern California. Journalism was her former life. She left her position really at the height of her career to take on a new direction in life, both professionally and geographically, like she headed to the other side of the world. I thought this would be a great time to chat with her because during the pandemic, a lot of people are reevaluating their own direction in life. Some have a choice. Some have no choice due to a layoff or a health issue, but it is an opportunity to reflect on how you want your life to look going forward. And Palace has a new book out, Make Your Life Pop, that could be very helpful as you navigate that space. Memorial Day is in the rearview mirror as I record this, and the pandemic is easing up slightly. In California, you can really feel the restlessness among people. Lakes, rivers, outdoor parks, very crowded, probably too crowded over the weekend. And now we find ourselves in a very odd space. Summer is officially here. The plans we made are not going to happen, and we're wondering what to replace those plans with. How will you spend the summer? Is this a chance to get things done around your house? RV rentals are apparently up 650%, so many families are looking to hit the open road. Will you spend the summer working harder for your employer? How about working harder for yourself this summer? I heard a friend of mine uh, recently, she was counseling a young woman, someone she's mentoring, and she said to her, you really aren't working for your boss as much as you're working for an older version of yourself. Will that older version be happy with the decisions you've made for your life right now? If the answer is no, then what decisions can you make now to get you on the right path? And that's what we're going to be exploring with our guest today, Pallas Hupay Cotter. And she talks in our interview about a very interesting dream. And I want to know if some of you have had the same kind of dream, uh, because it was very telling in what she needed to do in her own life. First, a word about my sponsor, mycecourse.com. It is a multimedia educational option for state compliance, professional growth and engagement. The courses have deep dives into specialized subjects while meeting all curriculum and legal requirements. The custom LMS platform allows certification with the nation's most respected HR, legal, and state insurance agencies with a team of attorneys, insurance professionals, and award-winning broadcast personalities. We make continuing education both informative and interesting with relatable, reliable, and targeted storytelling. It is mycecourse.com. Tell your HR director about it. Now, the author, speaker, and brand specialist, Pallas Hupay Cotter. Her latest book is Make Your Life Pop. Go from feeling unclear and unsure to feeling clear-eyed and confident. Learn how to own your own value and express it. I talked to Pallas Hupay Cotter from her home in New Zealand. 
So let's just start off with um, the the genesis of the book. I love how at the beginning of the book you describe kind of where you were in your life um, before you moved to New Zealand. So let's start there. I mean, I knew you when you worked in Sacramento and I had a chance to meet you here. But what were you going through at that time that um, that caused the, um, uh, the feelings that you had before you write, wrote the book? It's interesting because obviously I was very grateful to be able to work there and have that position and be able to contribute to my community, which was really important to me. However, I had these two young boys at home and they were at time at the time I left, they were 10 and 13, but you know, they were, I guess, five and seven when we moved to Sacramento. So I wasn't seeing them grow up. I was gone every night and you can appreciate this um, and often would have to stay at work at dinner and not see them until the next morning. And and take them to school, make them breakfast. That was about 45 minutes and that's it until the next day, which was really hard. It it violated a a value of mine, which was to be present for my family. I was contributing to my family. And again, you can relate uh, in an important way. But when the opportunity to sidestep came up, there wasn't a hesitation. There was nothing in me that said, no, it all said yes. And again, grateful for the opportunity that I had, but really listening to that little voice inside that was starting to get louder and say, you need more balance in your life. You need to be able to be with your family and do other things. Well, you know, and and so many people relate to that statement, you know, me included. It's one thing to leave your position, maybe go to a different position or stay home. It's another to like leave the country and move to the other side of the world. So tell me how that came about. It was a position for your husband, correct? It was a position for my husband, not for me. In fact, you know, that was the big leap of faith, not only moving to a country that I had never seen before, but also leaving behind a very successful career. Uh, There are repercussions, you know, and when you are used to being able to talk to people in positions of power, make a difference, contribute, and then go to being a nobody (laughs) in a country who has no idea who you are, there are consequences. But it was my husband's job that brought us down to Wellington, New Zealand, which is the capital. And I just never looked back. I never, I I loved my job. I loved the experience and the adventure, but I never looked back and never missed it. And then he started on his own trajectory, uh, which was a fascinating one. And he's still in the midst of it right now, as I'm just uh, working around the sides, I call it. Right. Um, so you, you start the book kind of going through your story and then I love the way you laid out, um, these kind of the method that you followed as you were going through this yourself, were you, were you taking notes? Were you saying, okay, this really helped me. This could help someone else. Or was it only after you had kind of made the pivot that you went back and re remarked those steps? Well, it's interesting because I feel like people out there may be in the position that I was. Okay. Now I've got to reinvent. Now I've got to start over. My reality has changed. So how do I do that? And I can remember taking a trip with the family down to the South Island of New Zealand and having a little notebook in my hand and asking my husband, what are my best strengths? You know, what do I value? What's important to me? And I had never gone there. I'd never really had that time to be introspective and to examine what drove me and what I wanted. I had been focused on news for so long that there wasn't, it didn't seem necessary at that point, but we change and our realities change. So I took notes. Yes. And then I did things like, okay, what makes me happy? Well, I joined a choir 
And it was just a local community choir. But the woman who taught it is from the Netherlands. And she had been an opera singer in Europe before marrying a Kiwi and moving to New Zealand and was now doing coaching, performance coaching to help people get past nerves, not just for singing, but for other things. So we talked and we said, you know, boy, we have some, you know, similar similarities in our backgrounds. What can we do together to help people, particularly women, feel more confident and be able to own their value? And so we started this company called Personal Brands. And it was about establishing a personal brand, but we found quickly that the Kiwi culture is um, what they say, uh, they call it tall poppy. They don't like to draw too much attention to themselves. They feel that it's bragging. (laughs) So we had to, we had to uh, adjust our approach a little bit. And that's when I came up with the name POP, which stands for the power of passion, purpose, and personality, because really that's all that it's about. So she and I actually created the POP process. And we looked at the ways that we had reinvented and then broke it down into this idea of the bomb bomb model, the, the multi-layered chocolate. Oh, I love that. So uh, you moved to a different country, different culture, as you've just kind of, you know, intimated. So how, as an American woman with kind of an American approach and, and a news person's approach, which is yeah. get in there, get it done. I mean, how, how has it been received? Well, I had lived in the UK when I was in my late teens and early 20s. And so I was actually anticipating uh, more of a cultural transition. Uh, In the UK, I would talk to someone at a pub the night before, you know, over a pint. And then the next day, see them on the path, walk past and say hi in a friendly, you know, reasonable way. And they would look the other way. So it was, it was just, I expected the culture to be a little bit more English and more reserved. And I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I love the English, let's just say that, but it's a different culture. And I found people more receptive, both more receptive to my being American, um, more receptive to my approach. But of course I soft pedaled it a bit because you just don't come barreling in. <laughs> you know, you, you went in Rome, you do what the Romans do. Essentially you, you look around and you sort of judge your, your surroundings but yes, I am a let's get it done kind of person and nothing would stop that. So I've just done that ever since I've been here and there's room for everybody. I want to talk to you a little bit more about your pivot. I mean, I think, um, you know, having now been out of a traditional television newsroom for about three years, uh, what the thing that shocked me the most is the life that existed outside a newsroom (laughs) once I got out of it. Did you feel similarly? You know, it's so funny. Before I left California, I used to have recurring dreams. And this is going to sound a bit woo-woo, but I would have dreams about a house. Like it's a house that I just purchased or had maybe a house I'd been living in. And I would open a door and find a room that I didn't know existed, or it would usually needed to be renovated. You know, it needed work and care and attention or a whole floor that I didn't know was there. And I'd have this dream in different ways again and again and again. And I stopped having it when I moved to New Zealand. And I really look at it through the lens of there were so many more parts of myself and parts of the world that I wanted to explore, that I didn't have time to explore because I was so focused on that daily news product and and the news grind as as we referred to it at the time. Mm -hmm. And again, there's some fascinating and wonderful opportunities in it, but it does require that you put blinkers on. So yeah. There were, you know, everything from just being able to join a choir. That was a treat. It was an indulgence uh, to learning new things. 
And so I spent a lot of time learning about branding and personal brand and self-development and that sort of thing. And I started writing for fun. Um, so I do a lot of writing now, you know, articles, even some poetry. I'm not saying it's very good. And hiking. And all of these things were things I didn't have a chance to explore or be a part of. I've been feeling like during this time of pandemic that people um, are, they have the space, they have the room to kind of reflect on where their lives are now and that people might be making some different choices based on what they've gone through over the last few months. Absolutely. And, and prefacing that with, of course, for some people, this has meant a severe health challenge or they've lost a loved one. And that to them is, is life-changing in and of itself. But out of these terrible experiences, and I address one of them for me in the book because I lost my brother to suicide several years ago, sometimes what happens after these really significant and impactful personal challenges in our lives, we become stronger. And we become clearer about how we want to live our lives. So my motto became life is short, make it pop, make it extraordinary, make every moment count. For those who haven't had a significant loss, yes, you'll start to feel different. And I really think it's important to think about the difference between thinking your way forward and feeling your way forward. Thinking, you know, logically, I shouldn't have left my job at the peak of my career, at the peak of my earning power. I, I made a big sacrifice giving up that paycheck and that lifestyle. But from a different point of view, how I felt, it was absolutely necessary. So what people will find as they're forced to slow down is that those feelings will find will be harder to ignore. So when they say, oh, I'm really enjoying this slower pace of life or more time with my family or the chance to explore something that I'm interested in, that's going to become uh, easier to follow and and less easy to ignore. So they will, when it comes time to get back to whatever our normal is, be able to, or be incentivized to navigate in a new way, or if they've lost a job, they're going to have to. So yes, my book is about how you do that, how you take those feelings or that situation and, and redeploy all of the talents and values and passions that you have in a new direction. Oh, and there are so many uh, great lessons from the book, but if we can just give people one and whether it's, you want to describe kind of the layers of the bonbon as, as you kind of uh, conceptualized it, that might be kind of fun, but I, I'd love to hear just one or two things that, that people might be able to grab onto before they reach out for your book. Yes. So <laughs> when I was working with my friend who helped me come up with this concept, uh, we talked about the many layers of your personality. And we said, yeah, people refer to onions when they talk about that. But we didn't want to talk about onions all day because who would? Right. And plus, when you cut into an onion, all the layers are the same. So we said, well, we love chocolate. So let's make it a multi-layered chocolate, a handcrafted chocolate. And at the core are your talents that you were born with, that you do best in everything that you do. Your caramel layer is that values and passions layer. It's that ooey gooey layer. It's also vulnerable. So that was what was being violated when I couldn't spend time with my family. The crunch layer is indeed your certifications, your education, but also those life experience that give you things like resilience uh, that we're learning right now. And then the candy coating is what people see when they see you. And so ideally, you'll have a little hint on the outside of who you are on the inside. So I like to say I'm a, a dark chocolate with a little bit of ginger because <laughs> I have some sharpness and some challenge to me, but, um, but I consider myself strong, but I have that, that sweeter side as well that cares for people. 
So my challenge to you is to define what kind of fancy chocolate you would be. Christina, do you have any idea? I didn't prepare you for this one. No, you didn't. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of am thinking like maybe a, maybe a cherry cordial. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. But it's fun to think. Yeah, it's fun. And, but the idea is that when you open one of those fancy box of chocolates, boxes of chocolates, you know exactly what you're getting. You know, you, you can see what's on the outside. You can see what's on the inside of you rather on the outside. So it's, you know, a lot of people just wrap themselves in foil or try to match everyone else. And no one has a clue the specialness you are, the, the flavors and textures, you know, the value that you have to contribute to the world. And my mission is to make sure that people recognize, own, and be able to express that value in a comfortable way, but a strategic way. Right. Excellent. All right. So how do people find your book, find you, reach out if they have questions or, or just want to connect with you? Oh, well, I would love to. So I have a website, which is www, of course, or as they say in New Zealand, dub, 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 makeyourlifepop.com, P-O-P, makeyourlifepop.com. I am also on other social media outlets like Instagram and Facebook under pop with palace and palace is like Dallas with a P. And then of course my book is on Amazon. So super easy to find under my full name, palace who pay Cotter and Cotter is my married name. I reclaimed it when I left <laughs> Sacramento. Um, and there I also have a book on rediscovering or discovering yourself in New Zealand, which tells you a little bit about New Zealand, at least a few years ago, we've moved on since then. Um, obviously facing this pandemic, but yeah, I'm out there and I'd love to connect people because, you know, we, we connected again after so many years and look where it's led. It's incredible where these, these connections can go. And a lot of those were reignited during this COVID challenge that we're facing all this reaching out to people we haven't reached out to in years. So I appreciate you reaching out to me. Oh, it's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to get to know you again. I've followed your career since you've left. I've seen the TEDx's and what you were doing in New Zealand, but, um, but it's been fun to reconnect during this time. So thank you for your time. Yes. And, and you're welcome to visit when we reopen this country, whenever that is. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Christina. All right. Thank you, Palace. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Palace Hupe Cotter. Thanks again for being here. Don't forget for your mandatory training needs, check out mycecourse.com. It is already the training company of preference for many government agencies and companies. And don't miss the KFDK Morning News, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sam Shane and me were just two journalists with about six decades of news experience between us talking about the news with you. And if you remember our guest, Palace Hupe Cotter, when she was in Sacramento, my current co-anchor, Sam Shane, was her co-anchor back then such a small business. Anyhow, our morning show, it's very different. It's perspective, it's depth, it's analysis, and it's a lot of fun. So if you're in Sacramento, it's 93.1 FM or 1530 AM or anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app under KFBK. Please reach out anytime on any of my platforms. You can also reach out through my website, ChristinaMendonca.com. Thank you so much. I'm Christina Mendonca. This has been a fresh agenda. Let's stay connected conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is A Fresh Agenda.